Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture here to discuss another burning wrestling issue, and that issue today is CM Punk, potentially at least, not returning to AEW. The latest report from Wade Keller on the recent PWTorch.com audio show uh, had him saying this, I am not expecting CM Punk to wrestle in AEW again. I'm not saying it's a 100% sure thing, but everything is pointing in the direction of some sort of buyout of his contract. We'll learn more eventually about that situation. Uh, Michael Sidgwick, your immediate reaction to these comments. Gutted. Absolutely gutted. Kenny Omega is my favorite wrestler of all time. If there is a way to have a tribalistic stance on this, and there isn't because no one knows the complete story, I probably would have sided with Kenny Omega. Just absolutely get that out there. Um, CM Punk's conduct at the All Out Presser I thought was horrendous. He's removed focus from the entire pay-per-view. And, you know, I think this has all been debated to death. But my instant impulse reaction with all of that information in mind, was, oh, I'm gutted. Mm. Absolutely gutted by this because we'll get into it deeper um, later in the podcast, but I thought his run was better than I ever th- thought possible when that Fightful Select news dropped. CM Punk, Fightful Select has learned that CM Punk is in negotiations to return to the ring. Oh, my God. That was incredible. <laughs> and in my wildest, stupid, Mark, fantasy booking dreams... Could I have thought something as great as CM Punk versus MGF would have happened? Yeah. It's all started off so well as well. What a 12 months it has been for for Punk in AEW. Yeah, it feels like... A little bit of me did sort of think in the back of my mind, but it was really, really pushed very, very far back in the back of my mind that one day this relationship might end in tears, but only because of CM Punk's prior with other wrestling companies and the things he steadfastly believes in and the things he'll be willing to fight for or the hills he'll be willing to die on in terms of his own career and in wrestling in general because the comeback was so unexpected and all of those things. So this hasn't come as a, despite the shocking nature of it, in a way this hasn't come as a surprise, not least because after the fight, it sort of felt untenable that at least one side of the, like, yeah. this, this fight couldn't be there. Whether it was the CM Punk side or the Elite side, I was kind of thinking at one point it might be all. I was taking quite a pragmatic approach to this and thinking maybe they will just all go until this investigation is concluded. Then you hear about Punk's injury, and you're thinking, well, at least that's then nine months to a year where either Tony Khan will just simply not address the problem or the problem will kind of address itself, and they'll just like, should we just all back away from this while he's hurt anyway? So 
it's a big, big shame, regardless of, as Sidgwick points out, whichever sort of side of the fence you sit on in terms of the wrestlers you favour, it feels like, and not the first time in AEW short history, something of a missed opportunity where as much as it would be just nice to look back on what we got, singularly, it'll also be hard to do that without thinking about what we missed out on as well. Mm. There's a lot of cases, of, for a company that's only three years old, there's an increasing number of cases of that, and more's the pity too. Mm. Um, but of all the people that might have caused a situation like that, CM Punk would have been one one of the people I might have expected. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about those missed opportunities in due course, Sige, but uh, yeah, how successful do you do you rate his his yeah, year-long run in AEW? It was seven stars, 10 out of 10. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I adored the fact that CM Punk, not probably consciously, but in opposition to various narratives and so many get attached to AEW, often in bad faith, the idea that it was a sports-oriented story from the get-go. He referred to himself in an interview with, I believe, Sports Illustrated, that he was the effing old guy on the team. And I still love that run where there was more grey in his beard, and the long boys, as he sort of endearingly called them, he looked a little bit older than he had in like 2012, 2013, whatever. Um, he was drenched in sweat after <laughs> five minutes of in-ring action. And watching that sharp mind, this is a guy who got the body slam over. I think anything he was going to do was going to get over because he was CM Punk. But everything he did got over. Watching the physical Punk return to do 40 minutes in Chicago with MGF when he saw that he was kind of blown out of his ass um, <laughs> against the likes of um, Daniel Garcia and Powerhouse Hobbs. That was majestic. The idea of someone, a wrestler, appreciating what he has and hasn't got physically and folding that into his the athleticism of his storytelling, I thought was incredibly bold, incredibly realistic, incredibly sympathetic, mm. um, I felt, towards Punk. It was great babyface work. Um, acknowledging, acknowledging his flaws, I thought was tremendous psychological professional wrestling. And the MJF feud is legitimately one of the greatest wrestling feuds of all time. I think it will be canonized as such because of how brief this run was, how incandescent it was. And I don't think it'll be a false narrative when it prevails as something great because there's like a snapshot of the punk run now wherein because so little of it actually happened, it might get sort of overrated. No, this was genius. Mm. Watching him wrestle every single week, watching him cut these incredible promos every single week, the sheer amount of detail and thought that went into that MGF program was like art. It was genuinely art to drop in little references to who likes Piper the most and who best embodies Piper for this generation to all lead to, will you be my Valentine? There's just the subtext of that, the idea that the MGF CM Punk program started with the handshake mm. and CM Punk refusing to shake Max's hand and what we know about the story of how the handshake on the picture between Danielson and Punk sort of reignited his love for wrestling and made him want to be a wrestler. And in that moment, the MGF Stan character was born because he'd been <laughs> spurned by his idol. All of this was just absolutely artistic genius, in my opinion, I just thought the entire run was absolutely phenomenal, with the exception of the odd um, QT Marshall match, which was a total misstep. But again, it informed the heft of watching CM Punk do a big match. It really mattered because of all of those small details. Yeah, I saw some people try and sort of dismiss Punk's run in AEW because of what happened following this year's All Out. 
whatever your opinion of him outside of the ring, I think Sid is right. He's been absolutely sensational in AEW. And, and there was a hell of a lot of pressure on him because we all remember that moment when it was teased, but it wasn't confirmed. Mm. And then he shows up on that on that episode of uh, Rampage. The yes. second ever Rampage. Yeah. And like that's that's the reaction he gets. He's not done anything in the ring yet. And yet, yet he goes on, as Sid says, in my opinion, it's the best feud AEW's ever done. Um, and that's including Omega and Page and the, the magnitude of all that. Let's not go nuts. But <laughs> what are your thoughts on it all? I mean, yeah, it's, I, I don't think, I honestly think it would be a bad faith argument to dismiss CM Punk's run. As you say, some will, and I think we're kind of still in the middle of a little bit of a culture war between the two sides, but I think time will be extremely kind to the run because CM Punk, because it was only a year, and sometimes this is why it's better to burn out than fade away and go out at the top and all that, most matches... Even something like a Daniel Garcia being a perfect example, most matches felt like kind of a dream match because CM Punk back in the ring was a dream yeah. in and of itself. So it was the fact that he was wrestling guys that he just missed the last time or brand new guys that were kids when like he was a big star in WWE. So every version of a CM Punk match had the potential to be a dream match. There was only a couple of misses amongst a ton of hits from a quality standpoint, but the anticipation for them was really high as well. And I think that contributed to something that... Um, I don't think he's being overlooked far from it, but I think it'll be interesting to watch going forward how much difference this makes. This was, too often in wrestling, these wonderful artistic flourishes, these periods of a wrestler's career that are just celebrated in the years henceforth and not necessarily that successful at the gate, at the box office. And CM Punk's business metrics stood up. He raised the ceiling for AEW pay-per-views and they can pretty much be attributed to him from where they were starting to level out. You're talking between forty and 50,000 up and now it'll be a case of AEW like maintaining that mm -hmm. without Punk there. Maybe they will, but he can kind of lay claim to that, you know? And who did he pay the most tribute to within his one year? Brett the Hitman Hart. Love him. We all love him. But the one thing around Brett's neck will always be that he was never that tangible draw. Certainly never enough to convince Vince to go with him all those years. CM Punk instantly convinced Tony Khan that he was worth going with. Um, the ratings for the first dance, the gate, in the fact they sold out the United Centre on a 95% promise of him, the T-shirt sales that we all heard about, and then the pay-per-views that followed. And I imagine the pay-per-views that would have to come because it certainly didn't feel like the novelty of him had particularly worn off. And he the, was so good at building matches as well. This was it. He was, again, he used that artistic flair he's got and that really deep understanding of how to get into people's hearts and how to get into the people's minds and then get in their wallets. He used that to such fantastic effect that kind of everything it felt like he was doing, ironically, considering that it's a dispute he's had with the elite, he understood what they have deemed so important, which is to think it's never just about one story. It's always about the continuing arc of your character. He got that exactly as much as they did and yet they found themselves at such an impasse, which is a shame because they would probably want their artistic side to draw in the way that his did. Mm. They, Theoretically, we're singing from the same hymn sheet, but it's just obviously all broken down. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Now, having heaped all that praise on his run in <laughs> AEW, you can't help but feel also, though, there are multiple missed opportunities there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kenny Omega is the big one, and it's sort of, it's perfectly encapsulated within this dispute and within this everything falls apart situation because there are, what has happened automatically is that people have kind of picked sides where they want to or not off various different reported stories because these are two men that have like major, major fan bases where they are their absolute favourite wrestler, not just at the moment, but of all time. As Cedric points out, CM Punk has reminded certainly me as a fan just how much I loved him. I kind of thought I'd gotten past CM Punk and then he comes back with weeks. I'm like, <laughs> I think you're one of my all-time favourites and you reminded me why. So it stands to reason that that match would have been possibly AEW's biggest ever. We were talking about his television match with John Moxley as the biggest Dynamite match ever. CM Punk had a lot of biggest evers in his locker. And that's before he even explored life in the trios division. Remember the one tag match he had with John Moxley against FTR and how magical that felt. Sting and Darby Allen in the matching face pin. They never even got near that beyond these little specials, these little one-offs. And you had, say, like one, two years with CM Punk as your top star and then all the other things he could have done along the way. AEW to this day, thankfully, still exists as a place where chances will be taken, where there will always be a certain diversity on the roster of different skills and different abilities. And CM Punk was far more old school in the way that he could have and should have meshed with all those different styles. It's it's absolutely about as much about what we've lost as about what we had. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gutted because the vibes I got from the Tell Me When I'm Telling Lies promo, I instantly knew CM Punk's really got like pissy I don't quite know why this is a very heel-edged promo. And I was, like, in love with it. And I kind of hated him at the same time (laughs) for cutting it. I thought his portrayal of a complete dickhead, quite frankly, was phenomenal. I really felt something for the heel. I'm 37 years old. Today, actually. (laughs) um, A grown man. And I kind of really felt something for a wrestling character, like, on a visceral, I kind of hate you level. And I just wish, and still wish, that he could have, have, have applied that to a full-blown heel persona because he's so incredible at playing the heel. And it's just a shame that we're never going to get that, seemingly. Um, Wade Keller's very reputable. These mm-hmm. situations are fluid. Who's to say that in a year and a half's time, he might even come back? This is wrestling. CM Punk came back. And if he came back, anyone can come back. 
and he can come back again. I'd love to have seen a full-blown feud with Eddie Kingston. But then again, then again, I loved the mini-program we got because sometimes in life, people just piss you off and you don't hold this, like, eternal grudge against them. You don't have to have this three-match series ending in a plunder war with them. Sometimes people piss you off and the smallest gripes can just make you lose your temper and you just want a 10-minute scrap with them. Obviously, <laughs> I don't. Like, I'm a total dork. But you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. loved how pissy and how frivolous almost their dispute was and how just wonderfully self-contained that story was. And that was the joy and the genius of CM Punk and AEW. He could make everything, as he did with the MJF program, or something monumentally great out of a few harsh words thrown about in a locker room 15 years ago. He could make conflict and intrigue out of virtually anything. I love that he's such a lightning rod that he's basically reframed Never Say Never with the use of his own name. Well, if CM Punk can come back, maybe CM Punk can come yeah. back. That's how much <laughs> like damage he can leave in his wake from his runs. You got the full punk experience. You did? The yep. artistic genius, the baby face, an only tiny elusive glimpse of the heel and the sh- disturber who just throws a torch on everything. How, a match. How, how beneficial, just quickly, do you think he has been for the up-and-coming talent in AEW? Obviously, MJF is a, a fine example of that. Darby Allen was his first proper, you know, match and what have you. How, how good has is, is, is his influence been on all that? Well, to be honest, Darby Allen hasn't really ascended up the card following that program. MJF was made before CM Punk had the rivalry um, alongside him. Some of the TV matches, they probably learned things that we'll never know that they learned because we don't know anything really about the craft if we're being honest with ourselves. But contrary to certain narratives, Powerhouse Hobbs looks like a very different performer before and after he interacted with Punk. I'm not saying he wouldn't have got there on his own. I'm not saying that none of this work was his own. But maybe, just maybe, these little fragments of knowledge that you get from, like... Hobbs himself maybe is a better performer, having sat under Punk's learning tree. Um, But when he said, I'm coming back to work with the young guys, he came back to do a main event run, if we're being absolutely brutally honest, and that'll be his legacy. He was the main event in AEW. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it would be wild to suggest that a locker room that has never spent time with CM Punk doesn't get something from his dark arts genius or the things that we can never see. Uh, but ultimately, I would probably have to say on balance that would go down as a disappointment in terms of what he could have done. It, like not just because of the, like the relative like sort of short time that he was in the company, but just if we can assume from the whispers that come out from various talent meetings and indeed from this huge bloke with the elite that the locker room was already fairly divided. And if there can be a fan culture war. It sort of stands to reason that there yeah. would be a talent one as well, and there would be some people that would favour a certain way of doing business and a certain section of the locker room that would favour CM Punk's way. Every wrestling locker room is going to have like mentors and people that people go to. CM Punk will have been that for some, but could well, as it appears now, have been the complete opposite mm. for others. So it's I think from the outside point of view, it's hard to kind of like nail, other than what you can see with the likes of Power Sobs, I think it's hard to say that he really... Maybe he doesn't feel fulfilled with that element of it. Mm. Maybe he would have liked to have done that more. There was, If you want to take what he was saying in the press conference at face value, there was this burning frustration that people weren't taking advice. So if he wasn't just grandstanding, I'm sure not all of it was grandstanding, he'll too feel aggrieved Mm. that others weren't there to listen and he could have helped pay it forward more than he did. Uh, Finally, Sid, you said there, if CM Punk can return to wrestling, he can return to AEW. 
There's one obvious question I have to ask you yeah. here, which is, could he return to WWE off the back of this? I realize Vince is no longer in charge, but Triple H is now in charge, and I don't know whether that changes your opinion on a CM Punk WWE return. Oh, they certainly didn't get on. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> one million percent didn't get on, but CM Punk, this is another story for another day, and it's quite a deep and knotty one. He worked dynamite cards alongside someone with whom he didn't get along in Colcabana twice in late 2021. And, you know, best for business, all the rest of it. You'd be naive to think it couldn't happen, but you're asking me if it will. And I'm not entirely sure. But again, it's just so intricately layered, all of this. My initial feeling when it felt like he was probably not going to come back was, well, he can't go back to WWE because the acrimony that exists He's a man who prides himself on his integrity and how can he possibly go back to WWE after everything he said about them? But Cody did. And I thought when Cody jumped, he's kind of got some explaining to do and he's going to have to <laughs> suck up a bit because he spent the last three years of his career burying them. But he was just instantly reserved, uh, received rather as a hero and a star because he's a hero and a star. And that uh, absolutely applies to CM Punk as well. Would he go? I would say yes. Don't... Um, not rely on the uh, Paul Heyman. Don't discount, sorry, the yeah. Paul Heyman connection. CM Punk feels like he owes his career to Paul Heyman. I believe they're probably still on decent terms. So that could act as the bridge to get back in because nothing's ever burned, bridges included. So the Paul Heyman one is really something to look after, uh, look into rather. Um, the question is, would WWE want him? Mm. Triple H has got a lot of things to do now. One of them is to sort of curate a really happy locker room. He doesn't want any more jumps. In fact, he wants the opposite. He wants AEW talent to come to him. He wants to appease that locker room, and he wants to sort of maintain this Papa H narrative, and as part of which, he's the benevolent overlord now, the, uh, the anti-Vince McMahon, if you like. If he's going to inject that locker room with a lethal dose of poison... Is it worth the risk? It might be in about six months. Those ratings are extraordinary by modern standards. He might be thinking right now, don't need him. Don't need the PR disaster. Don't need the locker room and rest. And he never really rated his work that highly either. Everybody else does with a goddamn brain. I would honestly lean towards yes, mm. because it's wrestling and I've been proven naive in the very recent past. Anything can happen, it's wrestling. That's what I will say now. Yeah, and there's potential, obviously, with, with you know, Roman easing off on his schedule, there's a big void that needs to be filled potentially. Yeah, in a locker room that for the longest time people believed was like a bunch of mates coming together in AEW, CM Punk was still a guy with his own door with a big star on it where he would get changed by himself. This is something that WWE is very, very comfortable with. You know, everyone from Brock Lesnar to Shane McMahon probably have their own place to change away <laughs> from the, the rest of the rank and file. Your boys. Po your poor old Dov Zigglers of the world. And CM Punk could absolutely fit that mould, especially in the one thing that he was out front about all those years ago, which was the WrestleMania main event. If there's ever a place for somebody that gets a separate locker room and gets his own bus to come back and work, it would be that. And because everybody knows it, that story is already told. And what a magnificent one that would be, you know, like for WWE, for what would feel like a huge PR win, for them to get this guy, the AEW, load back to wrestling, but they were able to just sweep in. Triple H, it's this game of uh, reverse psychology of vindictiveness from Triple H. Is he the type of vindictive that wants to freeze Punk out or the type of vindictive that wants to get an enormous W over AEW? And I would argue... It's like the red button meme in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I would argue possibly an even bigger PR victory than simply having CM Punk return and let's say facing Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania is being the promotion to book CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes 
taking place on a WWE card in light of the last few years from an optics point of view. And Triple H, regardless of what he might say out front, is very connected to the optics in a way that Vince McMahon never was. Mm. Him and Tony Khan are much closer in terms of very online rivals than Vince McMahon ever would have been with Tony Khan. I think he does care about this sort of thing and he, he might not let it affect all of his decisions but I think if the opportunity fell into his lap he would absolutely let bygones be bygones he was the man this gets forgotten now but even under Vince McMahon's like leadership he was the guy that like built bridges with Bruno Sammartino and the ultimate warrior like some lifelong no-nos of Vince McMahon he was like they're better off in our hall of fame than somebody else's Vince we can sell DVDs we can put them in games whatever it was CM Punk is kind of no different to them and he can like have a handshake with him and say, water under the bridge, let's make money. It's wrestling. One thing I do want to point out is that it would be remiss of us to undersell CM Punk's mental health problems that arose mm, yeah. from his departure in the latter phase of his run with WWE. So maybe that'll trump everything. Mm, exactly. It'll leave a long memory, I think, when it along. It already memory, has. It really yeah. already has. So I don't want to discount that at all. No. Good point. Uh, fascinating to see how this develops, though. Let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed in the comments section below or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why should say you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. You can follow birthday boy Michael Sidgwick <laughs> at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, of course. Uh, but for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 